So here I am in college and they brought in a guest engineer for our sound recording class. And he points to me and says, what is your goal? And I said to him, I want to be a music producer. I want to work with some of the top recording artists in the industry. And he says to me, well, you can't, can't get married. And I said, well, I'm gonna get married as well. And he said, son, you'll never make it. This is an example of evil treasure. On today, we're gonna discuss this topic of good treasure and evil treasure. Make sure you stay tuned. You were listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series The Adventures of Rai Rai. For more information, visit the website at dariusgood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. And now, here's your Bible teacher, Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. My name is Darius Good, and you're listening to the Good Treasure Podcast Show. Make sure you visit my website today, DariusGood.com. I have quite a few books out. Currently, I have about seven books that are available. We have Unlocking Godly Wisdom, which deals with the topic of wisdom. We have The Fear of the Lord that deals with the concept of the fear of the Lord. And then I have several children's books that are available. And then we also have the podcast show, which focuses on uh, divorced Christians. So I have quite a few things that are going on. You'll find all that information right there on the website, DariusGood.com. Also, go to the church's website. Once again, that's bgc.family. On last week, we covered the topic of evil treasure and good treasure, as we see there in the scripture there in Matthew. And so we're going to continue on this topic of evil treasure on today. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. On last week, we looked at the topic of good treasure and evil treasure. So once again, we're going to define this quickly as we go into um, another aspect of evil treasure on today. This word treasure, as we find here in this scripture, is defined as the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. As we said, we often think of maybe pirates, the concept of a treasure chest where items are being stored and held onto. Well, evil treasure or even good treasure aren't necessarily tangible things. These are words, these are opinions, these are conclusions that we've come to regarding many things, and we've held on to them. So these opinions, these conclusions begin to shape our life, they shape how we conduct ourselves, how we engage in activity and in business, how we are a part of our social structures. So if a person says, well, this is what you are, you are a leader, then a person then begins to feel, well, when I'm in a social environment, I know I'm called to be a leader. So I may not be number one, but I might be a number two or a number three on that list. I'm one that's good with responsibilities. That might be a good treasure. 
An evil treasure are words that are spoken to us that are not meant for our good. They do not lift us up. They do not uplift. They don't build. Um, they don't bring encouragement and produce forward motion. So evil treasures are words that come to devalue. They're words that come to degrade, that hinder your forward progress. For some, the, their intent as we're speaking words over people is to destroy them, to kill. And when we talk about Satan, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Evil treasure comes with this intent. They might kill your dream. They might uh, destroy all of the, the energy that was needed to keep, keep going on an idea that you were working on. And now someone shows up and they give you their negative opinion. What makes this evil treasure is not the negative opinion. It's not the degrading comment. It's the fact that you decided to hold on to it. And so on last week, I, I mentioned one example of one minister I was speaking to that struggled with ministry because they had been told they weren't a good speaker. They weren't eloquent. And the person that said it to them was someone they held in high esteem. They held their opinion in high esteem. Their opinion mattered. And so that opinion affected their mindset. It affected how they view themselves moving forward. And they've held on to that opinion for many, many years. As I mentioned, our worlds are often shaped by the thoughts and opinions of others. Mom and dad were put in our, into our lives, the concept of family, so that they would build us up. They're supposed to train us up in the way that we are to go. Go means forward progress. Go means moving forward. Go might even means moving up. If you think of like a rocket ship or an airplane, but many times the opinions of mom and dad, they might view a child in a negative light. And so now they're depositing these, these words of death into their child's life. And the child is holding on to the opinion of dad, the opinion of mom. They might say, well, you, you don't do this well, or you don't do that good. You never receive a compliment, but everything is a criticism. And... Nothing grows in an environment where you are being criticized all the time. There has to be praise. There has to be encouragement. We talk about praising God. Praise is a part of God's kingdom. It's important that the concept of praise um, is not just our adoration to God, our father, but praise is necessary for each other. Words of affirmation are important to each other. That is a major component if you're going to have a healthy relationship. Oftentimes, Satan will use this strategy to hinder what God is doing in a person's life. He sees the word spoken over an individual. The purpose of that individual has been revealed by God whether it's through dream or prophecy, words that people are speaking and saying, this is what God has showed me. Satan will come to hinder 
to be an adversary or another word for adversary is devil. He comes to hinder what God is doing in a person's life. And this is often done through words. And so I want to show you in the scripture an example of words being spoken and opinion being spoken to an individual. And that person took a hold of those words and it changed the direction of their life. In Exodus chapter two, we have the story of Moses here. He's grown up in Pharaoh's house. He's learned the ways of the Egyptians, but of course he was raised by his mother. So he learned um, about the Hebrew people. He knows about the, the Israelite nation. And so in Exodus chapter two, verse 11, it says it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. When he saw that there was uh, no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? Verse 14. And he said, who made thee or who made you a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Moses is seeking to intervene in a situation between two of his brothers, Hebrew brothers, fighting with each other when this statement is made to him. What I thought was very interesting is the, the, the question of who made you a prince and a judge over us? Interesting statement. It's not a random statement. And oftentimes in these sort of encounters or moments, we don't realize that the word spoken to us is a lot deeper than just someone sharing their opinion. It was really a demonic influenced statement that was made to Moses. How do we know this? Because it challenged who Moses was. It challenged his purpose. Moses was called to be a prince. He was called to be a judge. His whole reason for being drawn out of the water and raised in the house of Pharaoh as one of the princes of Pharaoh, one of the sons in his home, was so that Moses could learn government. Moses wouldn't have been able to lead the nation of Israel without this sort of upbringing and having the experience of watching um, one of the, the, the top nations on the face of the earth. You get to watch the Pharaoh as he governs over the nation. You watch his decision making as he handle things that involves finance, um, the, the economy, things that involved education, uh, things that involve military, things that involve diplomatic uh, encounters with other kings and other nations. He had to see all of this laws put in place, uh, laws being um, executed and judgment being handed out. He had to see the tough decisions being made and what that meant to the Pharaoh, the, 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 uh, the effect of those decisions on the Pharaoh. All this was a necessity if Moses was going to lead a nation. 
Moses was called to lead the nation of Israel. Yes, we've labeled him as a deliverer, and that's what he was. He delivered the nation, but he was also called to be the prince of that nation, a judge over that nation. And we also know that he later on established their court system. So when he takes the 70 elders and he lays his hands upon them and the grace um, that was upon Moses now began to rest on those 70 elders, Moses was putting a court system in place. We call it the Mosaic law, the law of Moses. So Moses established a nation. You cannot be a nation without a government. In order to be a, a nation, you have to have some sort of government in place, whether that is, you know, a kingship, whether that is, uh, um, as we have with our nation, democracy, uh, republic, we have all these different forms of government to be a nation. It's a requirement to have a structured government in place. So Moses spent 40 years of his life being trained for purpose. The beginning of that passage in verse 11, it says that Moses went out and looked. He saw the burdens. Now he sees a problem. I see something that needs to be fixed. This is God opening his eyes to understand this is your calling. And so in his attempt to be a deliverer, he does it in his own strength, in his own ability. He kills a man, and that was not God's way. God was not going to free the Hebrews through the strength of man by going in and slaughtering people with the army. God has a, a complete different idea of how he was going to deliver the Hebrew nation. Why? Because it's not man against man. As, as we see later on in the story, it was God versus gods. God of the Hebrews, God of the Israelites versus all the Egyptian gods, all, all of the plagues that, that swept through Egypt was a result of God going against one of their gods, showing the world not just the Egyptians, but showing the world that these were lesser gods, that he is the most high God. And so we can see the evidence of that when they arrived in Jericho, because they mentioned how they heard about the God of the Israelites. They shut the doors of Jericho because they trembled when the nation of Israel showed up. All of that was a result of what God did through Moses as he stood against Pharaoh demanding that he let God's people go. But let's go back. There was a word that was spoken to Moses. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? That statement pierced Moses' heart. It was a demonic word spoken against his direction, against the, the path of righteousness that Moses was now on. This is very similar to Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist. And the scripture says, as he came up out of the water, there was a voice that spoke from heaven and it said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately after that, it says the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. And while he was there, he fasted, he prayed, and then Satan comes and what does he say to him? He says, if you be the son of God, that's a direct attack 
on the word God spoke over Jesus' life. My beloved son, well, if you are a son, then do X, Y, and Z. So it's an attack on Jesus' purpose. It was an attack on Jesus' position as the son of God. Moses went through the exact same experience. But what we see is these two men approaching these attacks differently. In Jesus' case, he, he responded with scriptures. He responded with the word. And even though Satan was using scriptures, but we know that Satan is a deceiver. So scripture alone is not enough. Remember, it has to be the word and the spirit. There has to be a, a combination of the two. It's not just the scriptures. The spirit and the word must agree. And so this is what Jesus did. He began to, to speak the word of God to counter the accusations, the attack that Satan brought towards him. How did Moses deal with this interaction? That thing pierced his heart. He became afraid. And the scripture says that he fled. He left the country. And now he begins to spend another 40 years in the wilderness as a result of a word that was spoken to him. It was a demonic word. It wasn't just a man's opinion. And this is where we miss it as we are gathering treasure in our lives. There's good treasure that we hold on to. There's evil treasure that is spoken to us that impact us in such a way that we deviate from the path. There's a plan, a path of success, a path of righteousness that God has laid out for us. In him we move, in him we live, in him we have our being. This is a path that Jesus has, has, has uh, laid before us and we are to pick up our cross and follow him but when we are holding on to evil treasure, we're going to at some point be faced with a decision and say, well, I can't do that because in many times it's a result of a word, an opinion, something that was spoken to us that was not meant for our good, but it was meant to tear us down and to destroy us. When I was in college, I attended the University of New Haven and I was a music business major. I did a double major um, with communications and music business. And in my music classes, uh, we had one particular class where they brought in guest speakers. And so one of our speakers was a engineer. He owned a studio, had worked with some major recording artists. The albums that they had recorded at his studio had gone platinum. And so because of this, he was getting a lot of work as a result of that. And so they brought him in to speak to the students and so we're talking music, we're talking music business, uh, the creative side, you know, all of this is a part of the music industry. And so as we're sitting there, um, he began to ask different ones what they were, were doing, you know, their intentions um, as a student, their goals once they graduated, some were there to be engineers, some wanted to be songwriters. And he called on me at, at, at one point and said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be a music producer. And I told him, I want to work with some of the top recording artists in the industry. And he said to me, you're going to have to get devote or give 100% uh, of your life to music. That means you're not going to be able to have a family. 
You're not going to really be able to have children. Like you have to be married to the music. You have to understand this is how that works. And I said, but I plan on getting married. And he said, well, if that's the case, then you're never going to make it. And I remember as he spoke this word, I just thought it was weird that he kind of singled me out. And then I was the only one that he spoke to in that manner. I could have left that day. And obviously, I still remember this encounter. So it greatly impacted me. But I could have left that day with that word and held on to that evil treasure and said, this word now defines my destiny. It now defines my purpose. I was on a path, but then so-and-so said, and this person said, and as I said, people in, we hold in high esteem. I have a lot of respect for, a lot of honor for. When they share their opinions, it hits very differently. And so in my heart, I spoke against it. I rebuked that word. I didn't do it in, you know, in public, but in my heart, I, I, I said to myself, it doesn't matter what you think. I'm going to make it. And I ended up eventually signing a deal with a major uh, production company, got an opportunity to not only be around major recording artists, but also work with major recording artists. The first album I worked on was Whitney Houston. So I right out the beginning of my career, I'm working with artists larger than the artists he had to work with. But if I had allowed that word that was spoken to me to now influence every decision I make moving forward, that becomes evil treasure. We have so many Christians that are struggling with evil treasure. We're struggling with words spoken to us by a professor or a teacher, a coach, a mentor. Even pastors, people that are part of the ministry, apostles, prophets, we've said words that was contrary to God's purpose, contrary to God's path for an individual, words that did not uh, uplift, that did not encourage, words that did not uh, uh, promote motivation or bring promotion It didn't bring enlightenment, the ability to see what they could not see before. It doesn't bring revelation. All it does is tear people down. All it does is degrade, devalue. It causes you to second guess yourself. It it causes you to, to not say what you know needs to be said in that moment because someone said to me X, Y, and Z. All of that is evil treasure. And we need to take time and inventory of what is in our treasure chest. The words that have hindered us, words that have put us in a prison, and then we can't be the eagle that God has designed us to be. Moses, who made you a prince over us? God did. Moses, who makes you a judge over us? God did. So-and-so, why you always think you got to be in charge? Why you always got to be the leader? Because God made me this way. I'm 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 not talking about someone that's pushy and forcing their way into leadership. But when God has called an individual like a Joseph 
that no matter where he ends up, he finds himself in that position of leadership. This is what God has called him to do. Don't pull back. Don't draw back because of the evil treasure. You have to do as Jesus did. He addressed it. Yes, I am the son of God. And then we see it throughout his ministry as he calls himself the son of God. Why am I the son of God? Because God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I didn't call myself his son. He called me his son. Whatever God has pronounced over your life, and there's different titles you might carry. Some are called to be my beloved child, my beloved son, my beloved daughter. Um, he, he called Mary highly favored. We have all these, these salutations that God might have for us. That's what we hold on to. That's the good treasure that I maintain and I hold on to in my life. I am what I am because God said, this is what I am. Not because I determined to be this, but this is how God has identified me. Just as Adam called the animals and gave them names, he gave them purpose. You're a lion, you're a tiger, you're a bear, you're a whale, you're a dolphin. God does the same thing with us, with his children, as he identifies what we are. Jacob, your name shall no more be Jacob, but now it shall be Israel, for you are a prince, and I've given you power, not only with man, but power with me as well. This is good treasure. We understand our purpose, our calling, and that's what we hold on to. I pray that today's message has been a help and a blessing to you. Thank you for joining us. If you're listening by radio, join us again next week. If you're listening by podcast show, remember to like, share, give us a rating, and subscribe. Be blessed. You have been listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and author of the books Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series The Adventures of Rai Rai. To learn more about these books or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at DariusGood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation and enlightenment. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, may God open unto you his good treasure. Be blessed.